welcome to My Story, His Story, Our Journey. This is Miss Mary here. Just welcoming everybody into a brand new year of 2022. I left off with the suffering servant and the last episode of From the Cradle to the Cross. And as we start into this new year, of course, I'm going to be speaking today about new beginnings. So first, I would like to thank everybody for tuning in. And I also want to add that we now are in 10 countries. Recently, we have been starting to air in India. So we want to thank everybody out there that's listening and just continue to pray that God would take this message of hope and love to the entire world and that we can share the gospel and share how much love Jesus Christ actually had for all of mankind. So thank you for joining me here, and I'll see you in my part of the story. Hello, and welcome to my part of the story. This is Miss Mary here. And again, I just want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in. And yes, we are starting into a new year, a new year of 2022. All of the other years are behind us. Nothing can be changed. Nothing can be altered. Everything that happened has been set in stone. However, we are looking now into the new year. And every time this time of year we always approach it in a specific way. There's so many people that make promises to themselves, promises to family. Um, you know what I'm talking about, those wonderful New Year's resolutions. We know what's much more better for us. So we're going to go on a diet or we're going to spend more time with our family. Some people, even those Christians will say, I'm going to spend more time in God's Word and getting closer to Him and knowing Him better. So what I have been led to talk about is how much can we really rely on our own decisions and our own plan to be better. I think the Word would tell you a lot about yourself as to what you can depend on when it comes to yourself. So, you know, we often say, well, I'm going to make the New Year's resolution to just eat better and take care of my body better. But that's January 1. It seems like that magical day of the year when everybody feels that they can take a strong hold of what it is they want to change in their life and change it. happens comes February 1. Are we still on that same path? Has our knowing what is truly better for us, has that really gave us the desire and motivation to continue doing what is best for us? What about March 1st? Even if you've made it to February 1st, did you make it to March or April? I want us to take a journey with Jesus, with what he has to say about how we can trust ourselves and our own judgment 
as to what is good for us and what is not good for us. He will, through the scriptures, be able to show us what exactly our hearts and minds tell us and what we can trust about our heart and mind. So I want you to think about that, and I'm sure you already know where I may be heading. Of course, I'm heading into who can be trusted. Can we trust ourselves? Or can we really trust God and the Word of God? Some of you may be saying, I already know that answer, Miss Mary. I can trust God much more than I can trust myself. Yes, we can say that. But do we trust in that? Do we have faith in that? Or do we really have more faith in January 1 when we make these promises and oaths to do much better for ourselves? So we're going to go into a journey of just enlightenment and allowing the Lord to search our hearts and show us what we need to do from January 1 on into the rest of the year. Can we rely on ourselves? Can we rely on Him and the Holy Spirit? And I think when it comes to the scriptures, it's very clear So we're going to take a little journey into the scriptures and just evaluate what truly is the truth and can we really take ourselves to a place of betterness. I will see you in his part of the story. to his part of the story. So as I left you with my part of the story and talking about a brand new year of 2022 and new beginnings and we had talked about how oftentimes that date January 1 rolls around and we make all these promises to ourselves about how we're going to do things new and different and better for ourselves. So as we go into his part of the story, I just wanted to put that train of thought and compare it to what the Word of God says and see how capable we are of making ourselves do better or be better. I don't know about you, but it's just January 5th and I've already messed up. If I was to tell myself... January 1 that I was not going to post a podcast late then I would have already disappointed myself because here the very first episode supposed to be aired on a Tuesday is now being aired on Wednesday today I apologize for that once again but if anything could go wrong yesterday it did so sometimes things are out of our control And then sometimes things are in our control, but yet we still let ourselves down. Well, why is that, you would ask yourself? Why is it that I cannot stay focused? I cannot accomplish what it is I feel I should accomplish to be able to make myself a better person, a good person, or even make my lifestyle better? Well, 
let's compare that to the Word of God and see. What does Jesus say? What does the Word of God say about our hearts and our minds and our condition? If you look in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. And in some translations, it says wicked. Who can understand it? So, the heart is deceitful. Maybe we're telling ourselves that we want to lose weight. We want to eat better. We want to do better. And maybe in our heart and our mind, we think we can do this. Okay, but for how long? In our own strength and in our own power, how long can we contain a promise or an oath that we've made to ourselves? Or to other people even. It says the heart is deceitful. Are we tricking ourselves? Is our heart tricked us to believe that we have the power or the ability to overcome everything in our lives on our own? It's desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Well, the Bible says we were born sinners. We were born in sin. So, it also says that that's the condition of our hearts. Let's read Mark 7, verses 21 through 22. For from within, out of the heart of a person, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery. Verse 22. Coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. That's not a very good list. But yet, the Word of God says, from within, out of the heart of a person. These were Jesus' words, written in red. That's what can be found in our hearts. That's the condition we're in. Very sick. Very full of sin. So you're thinking, I just want to eat better. I want to take care of my body better and exercise. And Did you realize that quickly, without the Lord in our lives, this is where our hearts could actually go. Not just breaking a promise or an oath that we try to make and keep. But this is how far our hearts can be taken. And, you know, I know when you see that list, you think, No, I would never be a murderer. I would never do some of that stuff that's on that list. But yet Jesus said, You have heard from them of times of old, which means before, that thou shall not kill. He says, But I tell thee, that if you say raka, which is I hate you, to a brother or a person, he says, then you've committed murder already. And you would be like, what? Well, what he's trying to tell you is, is if you have the ability in your heart to look at someone and say, I hate you, believe it or not, under a certain amount of circumstances, you could also have the heart of a person that would be willing to kill them. And just as an example, I wanted to let you know that 
my husband, you know, watching a TV program at one time, and this young child was murdered, and, uh, you know, we had a discussion about what would be the fair penalty or treatment, and, uh, and I remember my husband saying, no, I could never kill a child. He's like, he needs to suffer the whole consequences, whatever it may be, for murdering of that child. And my, my heart and mind wasn't drawn to that, that he deserved the consequences, because justly so, he does. My heart was drawn to the fact that my husband said he could never do that. And I told my husband, I said, you know, under circumstances as believers with the Holy Spirit shed abroad in our heart, we'd love to believe that we was not capable of that. I said, but let me ask you something. If someone had came to the door and say, for instance, your daughter was still just 13 and they had told you that she had been beaten, raped, murdered, and left for dead, and it turned out to be a 15-year-old boy, where would your heart go then? Do you think your heart and your mind could take you to a place of such hatred for this child that you may even want to reach out and kill this child? We love to believe that our heart and mind would not go to that extreme. But according to the Word of God, that's exactly where it comes from. And you are capable of it, and I am capable of it. So what is our answer? We have a sin-sick heart. If our heart is more prone to wander and to go towards sin and to the wicked part of the world and to the opposite of everything that God says, what is our answer? Well, our answer is the gospel. Our answer is Jesus Christ. Because what Jesus Christ came here to do following up suffering servant and from the cradle to the cross to start our new beginning we would have to be able to confess our sin and our sin nature to our Lord we would have to ask our Lord to please forgive us we would have to say come into my heart and change me not just save me from the penalty of sin but guard my heart Lord See, we have one spirit in us until we accept Christ as our personal Savior. Till we really understand that He died for us. He suffered the way He did to die for our sin. But it doesn't stop there. Like I said before, God wants to change you into, slowly into the person that He made you in the beginning to supposed to be in the Garden of Eden. He wants to remove that sickness from you. He wants to remove that thought pattern. And when we live on this earth, we are going to struggle with our flesh. We call it, as believers, we say carnal and spiritual. Carnal means our flesh, our sinful side of us, is always going to be there. And the only hope that we have is to ask Christ to come into us and to deposit his Holy Spirit into us to fight against that. So it's not really us. It's us trusting in the Lord to change that. It's us trusting in the Lord and the Word of God to protect our minds and our hearts 
from evil thoughts, from evil doing, from temptation. So even then, it's not in our ability or our power. It would be in the power of the Lord that now shares residency in our heart with the carnal side as he changes us day by day. So, yes, a believer can still think that way or be drawn that way, but I believe with the Holy Spirit of God in us, Jesus says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And without him, we can do nothing. So either we believe Christ is a liar or we believe he speaks only the truth and it tells us our condition. We can do nothing without him, but through him we can do all things. So the answer is, are you saved? Have you accepted that payment that he paid at Calvary? Have you accepted that baby that went from the cradle to the cross for you, for your account? Have you accepted in your heart that you know your heart is prone to sickness and to sin? And that you need him there to help your heart, to help your mind and your desires to be different, to be set on him and what his heart and his desires are rather than your own? You know, after you do so, after you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, let's look at Philippians 4, 7, and see what it says. It says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, I have in circled, because that's the only way. Jesus will guard our hearts. Jesus will guard our minds in him and through him and through his Holy Spirit and his ability. Instantly, if we realize we've sinned, we should confess it and ask him to remove it from our lives and to desire for that sin to be removed, that negative thought to be removed, that negative speech from your mouth to be removed and changed with the example of Jesus. Remember, we are the temple He's to live in us and shine through us. So how can Jesus shine through us if everything that comes out of our heart, our mind, and our mouth are negative and worldly? That's not Jesus. So are we allowing our bodies to be his temple? Are we asking him to change us and really desire to be more like him rather than like our sin nature? You know, it says in Psalms 37, verse 4, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So, what are your desires? Is your desire to be better? Is your desire to lose weight? Do you look at it like, I just want to do it because I don't want people to look at me and I look fat? Or is it your desire in the Lord that he gave you one body? And you want to be healthy. You want to live longer so you could be here to be his temple to allow him to work through you longer. Do you delight yourself in the Lord? 
Are you more worried about what God and our our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would want from you rather than what you want from yourself or expect from yourself? You know, in Psalms 51.10, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Are you there? Are you aware that it's going to require him to create in you a pure heart and to renew a steadfast spirit instead of a wicked spirit? Are you trusting him? Are you relying on him, believers, to get you through every day and every minute to guard your evil thoughts, your evil speech, your evil desires. And last scripture I think I'll read to you is Psalms 73:26. Says my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Are you there, believer? Do you feel that way? When you do disappoint yourself, when you disappoint others, when you fail, and you will, can you say, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever? Oftentimes, people will say to me, Mary, you're such a nice person or a good person or a giving person, and I don't say that to brag. I say that to say this. You don't know the real me. Anything that you see out of me, through me, or anything that I do in action that looks loving, kind, or compassionate, I promise you, it's Jesus. There was once a time I wasn't a loving, compassionate person. I thought I was a good person. Oh, I'd give you the shirt off my back. But I would also rip the shirt off yours if you crossed me. And that is the truth of the nature of my heart. But not now. As long as I walk with Jesus hand in hand, side by side, He will be my portion. He is my helper. He is the one that's altering me. He is the one that's changing me. So to Him be the credit and the glory forever for anything that good that's good that comes from me and trust me believer if you don't abide in Jesus as Jesus abides in you you could find yourself drifting clear back to an old life and an old pattern and an old way of that sin nature see he deposits the Holy Spirit in us but there's a difference in the Holy Spirit in us and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I don't mean uh, doing different crazy things. What I mean is, is when I say filled with the Holy Spirit, that means you have the Holy Spirit, but how much of the Holy Spirit has you? How much of your life do you turn over to the Holy Spirit when you're convicted? Do you realize you're convicted and you want to change and you ask for forgiveness? Do you ask the Holy Spirit to guard your heart, to help you through this time? 
how much control does the Holy Spirit have in you? Remember, again, you are the temple. God has put you in his family to use you. You are his child. Are you honoring him? Are you living in a way that would be honoring to God? And again, you have to go back to asking Jesus to help you with that. Because in your own nature, you will fail. You will struggle. You will sin. But remember, the Holy Spirit is powerful. He's the third entity in the Trinity. And He can help you. Oftentimes, we want a Savior, but we don't want a Lord. When you say, Lord of my life, that means He controls you. He's your Lord. When it comes to a king and a Lord, He speaks and the kingdom does. The people do. If not, there's consequences. So we've seen a look at what Jesus says our heart is, what it can be, without his spirit and without his direction. So please, if you decide to make a promise or an oath, think about what you're saying. Think about in whose power are you even doing that in? And will you break it? Will you break that promise? Will you break that oath? If you take it, well, it's something to think about. It's also another way to help yourself understand, too, because we get mad at ourselves. We feel disappointed, ashamed, depressed because we could not follow through on the things that we thought we could do in our own power. So I believe it's the Lord's way of reminding us, too, that, no, it's not within your power. It's within my power. And in a way, that's comforting. That's comforting to know that my heart doesn't really have the ability to do this without him. So my prayer would be you draw closer and closer with the Lord. Have a desire. You don't have to make a promise or an oath. You just have to have the desire to abide in Him, to know Him, to abide in His love, and to love Him back, and He will help you. And if you have not accepted Him as your personal Savior, that's your new beginning. As soon as you accept Christ as your personal Savior and you ask Him to forgive you and ask Him to take up residency in your heart and to help you live the life that he had planned and intended for you to be, that would be your new beginning. I will see you in our part of the journey. So here we are in our part of the journey. So, to end this journey that we've taken about new beginnings and a new year and the condition of our minds and our hearts, let's just at the end of this make it simple. I've decided that I'm just going to read a few more things. One, the definition of a New Year's resolution. Okay, the definition is a promise to do something differently in the new year. So we see that it is a promise, which some people consider a promise also an oath. Think about it. 
God made promises to us and God has made oaths to us. And so, but what is the Bible? Let's look also in Matthew chapter 5 verses 33 through 37 and let's just look at something else that was said in the book of Matthew. It says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old. Now remember, I had said that about, he said, you have heard from those of old, thou shalt not commit adultery, or thou shalt not murder. But yet, if you said you hate your brother, then you've committed murder in your heart. Okay, so he's still here. He still has made this comment. And we're right here where it says, and again, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, so now Jesus is warning you, that is what they have said. But I, Jesus' words, say to you, okay, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make your one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than that, this comes from evil. Wow, is that scary. That's a scary thought. Like Jesus is warning us. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And other scriptures, you know, translations say your nay be nay and your yay be yay. He's saying, let what comes out of your mouth be truth. Let somebody be able to have faith and trust in you. Do you even have faith and trust in yourself when you say, I'm making a New Year's resolution and a promise that this is what I'm going to do. He said here, you can't make one hair white or black. And with the sensic heart, how can you promise that you're actually going to see that promise through? Hmm. It does stop to make you think. And in the commentary part of it, it says an oath involved invoking God's name or substitutes for it to guarantee the truth of one's statements. Jesus' disciples are not to swear at all. Instead, their character should be of such integrity that their words can be believed without a promise or oath. Do you live your life that way? Do you ask Jesus? and his Holy Spirit to help you live your life that way? It's very hard. You can't do it on your own. You can't live a life where people can say, now when she or he says this, they're going to do it. If they say that, I believe them and I trust in them. Because we have a sinner's heart and we fail. But with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, your yay or yes and your nay or no can be 
what you say, but you have to ask the Lord, help me. Help me make sure that my life reflects integrity, that my life reflects you, Lord, because on my own, it's not going to reflect integrity. It's going to reflect my desire, my my desire to say, this is what I want, but mm, I promise to do this. But you know what? Four months later, this is what I want. I want to eat cheeseburgers. I decided I like pizza. I decided this is what I want for my body. And again, it comes back to you. Your promise to yourself or to others. And your breaking of that promise to yourself or to others. It actually shows weakness. It shows the lack of ability of self-control, which, by the way, happens to be one of the fruits of the Spirit. So, Jesus is simply saying, live a life of integrity. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And at the same time, we have to rely on Him to even help us with that. So don't go around just aimlessly making promises or oaths about something that you do not plan to keep. Or... You don't maybe even have the ability on your own, which we discussed that, to keep it to start with. And if there's something you would like to make a promise about, I think I would stick with, boy, I sure hope I eat better this year. I sure hope I study more this year. Lord, help me. Help me to take care of this body that you've given me. Help me to desire to abide in you while you abide in me. It's always better to be honest and say, I really pray that the Lord will help me accomplish this. Because after all, isn't that your true heart? Is you do want to accomplish it. But again, the heart is wicked, desperately wicked. Who could know it? So ask Jesus to help you. Don't go around aimlessly making oaths and promises that you may break within a very short time. And if you want a true new beginning, a new beginning to your year, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I would encourage you to reach out to Him. You don't need an altar. You don't need a pastor. You don't even need me. You just need to understand the truth of the gospel that He came He was a perfect sacrifice, a sinless sacrifice on Calvary. That his sacrifice was for the penalty of your sin and the things that you could not accomplish on your own. And that he rose three days gloriously from that grave, just like he said he would. And he made that payment for you. Ask him. First confess to him that you know you're a sinner. Do you know you're a sinner? I promise you, if you've done one lie in your life, you're a sinner. And we did that even when we were two. We were born sinners. So please, reach out to him today. Ask him to come into your heart to save you and to replace that heart of stone and that heart of wickedness with a heart of flesh and a heart that relies on him to get us through the remainder of the time that we are here on this earth. And then when we leave this earth, we will go to him in glory. 
where he has kept his promises. He has kept his oaths because he can. He's the only one that can make them and never break them. And then we'll have a completely new beginning in heaven. But let's start here on earth. Ask him to come into your heart today. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the time you have given me to make this podcast. I thank you for your love, grace, and mercy for when I do fail. I know you love me. I know you know my heart and you know that I have done my best. Dear Father, help us all. Help us all not make promises to the world and even promises to ourselves that we're not sure that we can keep and more than likely we can't unless we rely on you to do so. Let us only show everyone around us that our yeses are yes and our noes are no. Let us not aimlessly put things out there that can damage our integrity, that makes us look like we can't keep what we say. Help us be more faithful. Thank you for you always being faithful. Lord, you were faithful all the way to the cross. As we spoke of when the suffering servant and from the cradle to the cross, you were faithful all the way. The promises you have given to us, you have kept. The promises that you've made for mankind in the future shall come to pass. We know this. I pray for all of the people out there listening. Lord, we know now that we are in, being aired in 10 different countries, and I pray that you would just continue to take this across the globe. Allow people to hear your word. Allow people to respond to you. And if you are out there listening today to this episode and you want a true new beginning, make it start with Christ. Lord, help them accept you. Help them use your spirit to convict their hearts. Help them see that they need you through your spirit. I pray for them. I pray that they do accept you as their personal Savior, as I have. I thank you for all you've done and all you will do. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me today on the very first episode of my story, his story, our journey. In a new beginning of the year, let us all lean more on him and let us allow his Holy Spirit to control our lives and our thoughts as we abide in him. And I will see you next Tuesday, God willing, on my story, his story, our journey.